0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The following segment is from the Off Day Debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Bears, Vikings, this game was chippy. This game was this was like a a legitimate division rivalry game, a lot of penalties on the bears that they were not happy about. But I want to give you an opportunity here because (laughs) I know that you are waiting to pounce on both quarterbacks in this game Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields.
2: Well, I mean, Kirk with a, you know, 50% completion percentage for 87 yards. Uh one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Obviously there's a mis uh, communication on the play, but still like it looks really bad. Uh, and a 69.3 pass rating against a Chicago secondary which you alerted me uh, There's me two stats before the game that the bears were missing their entire starting secondary <laughs> and this is the passing performance that kirk cousins has i'm actually not going to crush kirk you know entirely because uh i think the bears are much more crushable in this game stats there are games i feel like we talk about where it's more about one team you know lost that game or won that game and to me uh like the vikings hung in there for sure but they weren't like really impressive in this game. To me, the story of this game was the Bears blowing it and losing it and finding ways to dumb penalties, turnovers. Um, it's crazy to me that they had so many scoring opportunities like they did. Uh, again, you look at the Bears; they had 255 yards passing. The Vikings just had 61 net total. Like that's crazy. Um, the Bears go one of five. In the red zone. And obviously the, the only touchdown they had was the one at the end of the game, which was meaningless. Huh. Like, that is crazy. Meanwhile, you know, the Vikings only get to the red zone three times. Um, so it, it's just insane to me. Like, time of possession was almost even in this game. Um, but it just wasn't close because the Vikings, or the Bears rather, found a way to shoot themselves in the foot uh, time after time. It wasn't like just one bad player. It wasn't just like Nagy alone. It was like, as a team, it was just like a complete... Failure, a complete team loss.
1: Three turnovers for the Bears and nine penalties for 91 yards. And they were not all like five yard penalties. Okay. There were multiple personal fouls, five personal fouls out of the nine total penalties. Matt Nagy got a penalty. Your head coach got a penalty. (laughs) Like that is bad. That is, I think it's a little bit desperation for the Bears. Like they know where they are. And, you know, Robert Quinn was upset about it after the game, saying that the refs did too much and the calls are starting to get crazy. It's like, dude, those are avoidable penalties, bottom line. Unnecessary roughness, personal foul penalties are largely avoidable penalties. And you've no one to blame but yourselves. I never like pointing the finger at the refs.
2: It felt like the Bears were melting down, really, at various points. Obviously, there was the play where Justin Fields got hit. Like legally, it was towards the sideline, uh, but Tevin Jenkins, you know, whatever yep. came over to defend him. And I like, I, I thought they actually did a good job of the broadcast of pointing it out. Like, it's it's fine for the offensive line that like talk to the defender, and go over there, but like, yeah, don't freaking hit him or whatever. Or like, this it's just dumb, um, especially in a spot where you're trailing. Don't like shoot yourself in the foot even more. I get standing up for your quarterback, but um, speaking of that quarterback stats, hmm. uh, I feel like we should Here talk we about Justin Fields <laughs> a little bit. Go ahead, uh, I'm. Look, I am by no means saying the book is written on Justin Fields and there were some opportunities that he had where he didn't get help in terms of some drop passes in the end of the game. Although I will say also there were some throws there to be made that he didn't make and then those kind of led to those drop passes too. So I don't want to take all of this off of Justin Fields. And uh I think when you look around the league, and you look around the context, like there aren't many rookie quarterbacks kind of Mac Jones aside who obviously just isn't coming off of his best game, um, who are absolutely thriving in the NFL this year. So again, book is hardly written on Justin Fields. But I think it's fair to say it would have been nice to see a little bit more from him this year, especially relative to all the expectations of him and everyone acting like it was this huge mistake for sure that teams passed on him in the draft and he's going to come in and he's going to light it up and he looks good in the first preseason game. And everyone's like, Oh my God, Justin Fields. This is the guy He's amazing. He's going to change everything. I mean, I remember people saying like the bears might win the NFC North, especially when there was uncertainty about what would happen with Aaron Rodgers and the thought that he might get traded or be out of the division still. Um, and the goalposts quickly moved on that. And they're like, well, he's showing promise. He's good. He's young, blah, blah, blah. So, uh you know again his career is not doomed but you gave up this first round pick for him by the way which is going to be a very high like top five pick next year uh so he better be the guy and you know we'll see how he does with the new head coach and everything but I don't think he's looked quite as promising as you would have hoped
1: the thing that jumps out to me when I watch him is just the variance some of the plays he makes are amazing and you're like Damn, like he, a lot of the plays he makes, he does things that you just can't teach. Getting away from pressure, scrambling around. He is so fast. Every time I watch him, I'm impressed by how fast he is. But then you see the other end of that. His bad plays are so bad. That fumble he has when he's got a lane Mm. to run and he just doesn't put the ball away. Like no one just runs past you in the NFL, Justin. They are going to try and hit you bump you, strip the ball, something like you have to take care of it. And there were a couple other plays where the pressure came and he just starts going backwards, just straight backwards. And it's like, no, you can't do that at this level. Like you're not going to be able to escape all the time. I don't know. I mean, like you said, the book is far from written, but you would like to see a little more, a little higher floor, at least if you're Justin Fields. So that's what jumped out to me. is like, yeah, he can be really good and make some really good throws and, do a lot of good things, but when sometimes being a quarterback is all about the worst thing you do,
2: and his worsts are bad, or at least they were last night. And that's something I talked about heading into the year. Like, one of my biggest concerns with him is holding the ball, and... You talked about the fumble. There was another one that he had that he recovered on the screenplay that was, like, dead. But, like, you still got to throw the ball, man. Like, you got to – if it's not there, throw it at the guy's feet, you know, move on to the next play. Instead, he's holding on to it. He almost, like, loses control of it. He's very fortunate to, to recover that ball. It was weird. It was like – that's an up and down in basketball. You can't, like, jump with the ball and land yeah. with the ball. I mean, obviously, you can in football, but it's like it's just not a good look when you do that. Um, and, yeah, I thought some of those sacks he took – Maybe, you know, the protection isn't great. Maybe no one's open down the field or whatever, but like he made the play worse. And I think some of that is being a rookie and some of that you can learn. So I'm not saying, you know, he's going to be doing that for forever, but it's troubling that, you know, you're seeing some of that those things and hey, it's week 15, it's later in the season and some of those things are still happening. So uh, I don't think, you know, he's hopeless and I don't think the Bears necessarily are hopeless if they can get this GM and head coaching hire, right? Eesh. But uh, I guess easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, you got to
1: you got to get rid of them. You just sometimes their offense just looks so boring. There were some fourth down plays and I'm sitting there like, that's the best you could come up with? Oh, a run up the middle or a fade? Like, no, come on, man. Like, do people not watch Andy Reid? The Chiefs always have some crazy ass play on fourth down or short yardage. Sometimes it's it's by the goal line do something creative just to get you to freeze for that half second that frees you up to get the yardage that you need. I just look at the Bears and I'm like, no part of this looks good or interesting or fun or creative. It's just, it's all bad in Chicago. Nagy's got to go and Pace has to go.
2: Who do you think the Bears should hire stats? Assuming, uh, I mean, Matt, honestly, after that kind of game, Uh, On Monday night, I feel like that's kind of the game that should get a head coach fired because, again, it just felt like the Bears were melting down. It felt like this is over. Uh, I know the Bears have never fired a head coach in season. It's like them and the Ravens, as was mentioned on last night's broadcast, who've never done it. Obviously, the Ravens have been around a lot less longer than the Bears. And maybe that's kind of, you know, something they're just not going to do on principle because, you know, it's just how they operate or whatever. But uh, I mean, there's kind of an advantage to it now, though, more than ever, because of the NFL's new rule they're trying out, you know, this offseason or not this offseason, even just late in the season where uh, teams will be allowed to talk to coaches earlier than ever. Um, So why not create that opening and kind of signal to candidates? Hey, there is an opening here. Like, talk to us like we want to make this work. Um, So we'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Doug Peterson, obviously, I think should be. But I don't know if they're really going to go back to like that, you know, kind of Andy Reid you know tree where Nagy is from like how much of a difference are you seeing uh, other than you know Doug has the Super Bowl on his resume um I don't know I don't know that I like someone jumps out to me as an obvious great candidate for them I think it has to kind of be more of an offensive guy um you know to kind of come in and work with fields uh but but I'm not sure if I had my the person that I thought was my young quarterback in place like
1: seemingly the Bears do you, to me, you have to go with an offensive head coach because if you don't, and you also hire a great offensive coordinator and, and things go well, that coordinator is going to leave to become a head coach. And then you're going to have to replace him and potentially learn a new system. And it just, it just to me, it makes it harder for you to win consistently. So if I were the Bears, I would say, okay, let's get an offensive coach. Maybe a Doug Peterson. I take a look at that. I take a look at Eric enemy Although I do think, you know, a little bit of the shine is off Eric B because the chief's offense hasn't exactly been lighting people up like they have in the past. So I think that that has sort of cooled his, uh, interest or I don't know, however you want to say it. Um, and I would honestly, I would,
2: I don't want to say Brian Dable because I just hate the way he ignores the run. What about a uh, Byron left, I know he's getting a lot of buzz. Jake laser said, you know, to Jacksonville, but I think coming from thinking about it as we're, we're talking here, like, you know, I think one thing that's been wrong with the bears offense is like, where's the vertical element. Like you have Darnell right. Mooney, like he's pretty good, but like even last night, like, where are these deep, like, why aren't there aggressive shots down the field? And maybe part of it's because they don't fully trust their offensive line. Um, but like, I don't know. I think, someone coming from Bruce Arians, you know, or Bruce (laughs) Arians wants to get the ball down the field, maybe that could be a good thing. Right. If you want a vertical offense, go with the
1: guy from the no brisket, no biscuit coaching tree. I just, I don't know about Byron Leffich. How much credit do we give him when you have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski? I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just saying it's, to me, it's hard to differentiate. Hey, this guy's a really good play caller and offensive mind
2: from this guy's got a a field full of studs. Yeah, that's fair. And obviously (laughs) not coming off their best game where they got shut out. But I think, again, just being around Arians, I think is where I kind of see the value in that. And I think uh, seeing some of the success that the Eagles had with Doug Peterson, a former quarterback, I think there is something tapping into uh, the right former quarterback who played in the NFL uh, that can have value. I know a big reason why the Eagles were so aggressive um, was because, you know, Doug was, obviously willing to listen to the analytics but from a like a player level and why he was able to translate to that to the team because like he played in the nfl he wants to be the, like as a quarterback you want to keep playing like, you don't want to have the punt team or field goal team want to come in you want to be out there in fourth down and try to make a play so uh so maybe that would be good but um again yeah a lot of pressure and it's a bummer that they're not going to have this top five pick uh to help them because it's going to be going to the giants instead but uh that's where they are right now You can hear the
1: rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your
0: podcasts. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands.